a podcast, resource, community, and digital media platform. This is Shmoney Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is where you are. Welcome back to Shmoney Radio. I am your host, Anastasia Barbuzzi, and today's episode is very timely. Very timely because it is tax season. And I don't know about you, but this is definitely one of the most dreaded, anxiety-ridden times of the year, especially after severely expensive seasons like Christmas time. Realistically, no one wants to have to pay taxes, but unfortunately, especially here in Canada, taxes are are just something you you got to do. You got to pay into. So, this episode is a really great 101 style lesson on everything taxes and it also goes into a bit of detail about things that you may have to expect with COVID and how COVID has affected this year's tax season in particular. I thought this was a really important episode to have on the show and have as a refresher on our list of episodes, especially for those who are maybe freelancing or self-employed and are having to deal with some more difficult tax topics on their own. It's also a great episode for a lot of the younger people that listen to this podcast who may be filing for the first time or may be confused about exactly what they have to do come tax season. So because I'm not the expert, I invited Nora Dunn of NerdWallet on the show and she's here to give you the 411 on all things taxes. If you're ready, I am. So let's get right into it. Thank you so much for joining me on Shmoney Radio today, Nora. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Before we get into the bulk of the interview here, I'd just love it if you could introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit more about what you do at NerdWallet. Well, Anastasia, thank you so much for having me here today as well. It's a real pleasure to be here and talk about money or shmoney, as the case may be. (laughs) Uh, And uh, and I'm so happy. So I wear a lot of hats in my life and career, as as you uh, likely know. But Mm -hmm. I will say that uh, I'm really particularly excited about my latest project with NerdWallet. Uh, I'm a contributing personal finance expert, uh, and I get to do great things like chat with you today about (laughs) money and how it helps consumers. So NerdWallet is all about consumers, right? We help provide clarity on the most complicated money questions. And and basically, NerdWallet does the homework so consumers don't have to. And because we're not associated with any financial institutions, we have the ability to provide an impartial point of view, which is really critical because this is all about financial empowerment. And it's about making financial matters large, small, easy, and complex, completely accessible. So everybody can know how to uh, manage their finances properly. And this in particular, I think part of the reason I'm so excited to work with NerdWallet is this is kind of like the last piece or the next piece in a whole line of things that I, my entire career, which is in one way or another, been related to personal finance, uh, sometimes in some very interesting and bizarre ways. But it always ultimately ends up 
about being not so much about what we think money to be is a whole bunch of confusing stuff or returns or picking stocks or very specific things, but really more the holistic, how does this fit into our lives in general? I also love how the two platforms, Shmoney and NerdWallet kind of align because it's all about making personal finance a little bit more approachable and easier to understand for people. So before we get into very loaded topic of tax (laughs) season, I've got to know a little bit more about your pivot to being the professional hobo, which for everyone listening, I'm not just calling you a professional hobo. It's actually (laughs) kind of the name you gave yourself with your blog. So what made you pivot from your original career in finance to working and living as the professional hobo? So you found my alter ego, which is the professional hobo. Like I said a little earlier, I I wear a lot of different hats in my life and career. And, and, uh, you know, I don't know, I used to run a financial planning practice in Toronto, but you know, the way I I think this is, again, this just falls in line with what NerdWallet does and with what Shmoney does. I would sit down with my clients and instead of immediately launching into some investment related conversation, I would push all of that paperwork to the side and I would look at my client and I would say, what do you want to do with your life? And sometimes they would look at me like I was from the moon, like, what does this have to do with my investments? And I would say, look, a big pile of money is not going to do you any good unless you know how it's going to help you live your life. So my entire approach to financial planning has always been, uh, you know, from the top down, let's, let's figure out what you want to do with your life and designing your lifestyle and then engineer your finances to get you there. So uh, it was an extremely rewarding career and practice to have, but somewhere along the line, I realized that I kind of lost sight of my own dream, which was to travel the world and not just travel it because I don't tend to do anything in small measures. I wanted to travel the world extensively and in a really culturally immersive way and in a way that I was coming to discover I couldn't accomplish with just vacations. It was 2006. I sold everything that I owned, including my financial planning practice, in order to travel the world on an open-ended ticket. Now, I, I did travel full-time as a proverbially homeless person for 12 years. I do have a home base in Toronto now from which I continue to travel for weeks to months at a time, many times a year. I'm currently on a four-and-a-half-month trip. Um, but, of course, I didn't just want to be homeless, right? I had to be professionally homeless. <laughs> <laughs> so I parlayed my expertise in finance with my experience in travel And on my website, which is theprofessionalhobo.com, I teach people how to travel long-term in a financially sustainable way. And in the meantime, I also developed a whole career writing uh, about personal finance uh, for a variety of uh, publications along the way, because really travel and money are two topics that go hand in hand, more so than most people think. I think they're pretty intrinsically tied together. I mean, how do you travel without money, but somehow you found a way to help people travel on just a little bit of it, which is pretty cool. And I do have to mention that I love your website. I think it's super cool and interactive, like even the map of everywhere you've been in the world. I would recommend that everyone listening checks it out. But I'd also like to know a little bit more about how you came to work with NerdWallet because, you know, NerdWallet is this big giant in the U.S. now, and fortunately, they're they're now in Canada. So how did that come about exactly? That's an excellent question uh, because it certainly has been a journey. Uh, the reality is I may have stopped practicing as a financial planner, but... <laughs> 
the financial planner in me never died, of course. <laughs> um, and throughout the last 16 or so years of my writing career and my travel career, uh, as I alluded to, I've written for a lot of major uh, financial publications as a columnist, um, but I've always known about NerdWallet. And I always knew that they were the premier personal finance site in both the US and the UK. So when I heard they came to Canada, I did a little dance. I mean, I was, I was <laughs> so happy that they were going to start to provide this amazing accessible content to Canadians. And then when they approached me to write for them, I was over the moon. Mm -hmm. So that was, it was really just, a, like I said, it was, it was so many, in so many different ways, a culmination of so many of the things that I have done up until now. Uh, and it's a great way for me to really keep my I, myself up on all the Canadian personal finance matters uh, and to be able to write in this way. I pride myself on being able to write in a way that everybody can understand. I don't like shooting above people's heads to sound intellectual or, you know, and, and money matters can be complicated. So personally speaking, I love empowering people to make smart decisions with their money so it can ultimately help them live the lives of their dreams, which going you know back 20 years to when I was a financial planner was what I did then as well. Yeah, it seems like such an organic fit, which is pretty cool. And I mean, I know I'm glad to have Nerd Wallet and all the information it provides in more Canadian terms now, um, especially around a time like tax season, which we're going to get a little bit more into throughout this episode. So I feel like this time of year in general brings about a lot of anxiety and worry for people and rightfully so. <laughs> Have you sensed more anxiety and or concerns over this particular time of year, especially with the pandemic in the way? You know, I think tax season inherently with or without a pandemic brings about anxiety because taxes are super difficult to understand. It's difficult for us to fully wrap our heads around, you know, what are the legislation and the deductions and the credits and the this and the that. And the tax forms when you're filing your taxes are just ridiculously complicated. And things that we don't know tend to scare us. So I think that we, everybody, we're all nervous about filing our taxes wrong, you know, worried about getting stuck with a big tax payment or even worse, getting audited. Now, regarding the pandemic, you know, two, there, I'm of two minds about this, you know, because the pandemic kind of threw a wrench in the works, of course, because now it's complicated our tax returns in, in certain ways, but also it has provided some opportunities for people whose incomes and livelihoods and businesses have been affected by the pandemic. So there are lots of new tax credits and benefits and incentives that were offered. Uh, the rub being, of course, that now reconciling all that on your taxes has just made it just a little bit more confusing. <laughs> However, I will say that this year, I mean, 2020, I think was probably the most confusing tax return with regards to all of these benefits. I feel like 2021 is going to be a little bit easier. Uh, and then from here on in, I think we're going to start to get back to normal with our taxes. So we'll just, we'll just be able to go back to our regular level of anxiety. <laughs> Yeah, I know that for me personally, last year when I was solely freelancing, it was like the most confusing <laughs> process to go through with taxes that I think I'd ever had. And I know that a lot of other people felt the same way, but I do agree. I think the pandemic has, especially for people who work from home, it's presented, you know, maybe a few more advantages like credits that you could take advantage of and kind of make the process even a little bit easier. 
Going off of that, though, I'd really love for this episode to be a bit of like a one-on-one style lesson that really helps take the stress out of this time of year. So I think I'd like to start just with some general definition here of what exactly is a tax return and who has to file one. And I know this is a super general question, but we do have a lot of young people who listen to this podcast who, you know, maybe it's their first time doing this, or maybe they're starting a new job where they've got a bit more to worry about in terms of filing. So what is a tax return and who has to file one? Awesome. This is an excellent question because really and truly there is no better place than to start at the beginning. Uh, Because if you're going to acquaint yourself with more sophisticated and complicated tax matters, it's really good to know that we're starting on the same page. So, uh, and and quite frankly, uh, NerdWallet does the same thing, right? We tackle financial topics from the very basics to some pretty complex stuff. And we even have an article called, What is a Tax Return? So more specifically to answer your question, a tax return is a series of forms that you fill out every year and you submit to the CRA. The CRA stands for Canada Revenue Agency. And basically this is your, you're reporting all of your income sources from the previous calendar year. So we're calling this tax season right now, but what we're doing is we're filing our taxes and reporting everything that happened in 2021 and uh, including how many, how much taxes you've already paid. So this ensures you file a tax return every year, ultimately to make sure that you've paid just the right amount of tax given your situation. Uh, So in general terms, in terms of who needs to file, in really general terms, if you've earned any kind of money, you need to file your taxes. And sometimes you're going to get a refund and sometimes you may end up having to owe taxes. And that depends on your personal financial situation. And there's a lot of different factors that, of course, go into that. Uh, and I'm sure we can we can discuss a few more of those going forward. But I generally say to people, don't be afraid of having to uh, owe and don't necessarily feel entitled to a refund. Uh, it's in, because there are a lot of things that could change your personal tax situation in the course of the year. Uh, And basically, a tax return is just reconciling everything that happened in the previous calendar year. You mentioned refund in there. And I think this is something that many people impatiently wait for after filing. So what exactly is a refund? And what are some of those factors you talked about that could possibly affect it? So like I said, it's, you know, there, there are people, I, I'll give you a story. I had a client at one point who actually told their employer to take off additional tax with every paycheck just so she could get a refund. <laughs> because, I mean, let's get right. It is nice to know, to file your taxes and know you're going to get a refund. But I like to say, if you're getting a tax refund, it ultimately means you've given the CRA an interest-free loan for the year, which really, we don't want to do. It's much better to have that money in your pocket and rather than in CRAs. So while getting a tax refund can be nice, in my opinion, the best situation you could hope for would be to file your taxes and end up at zero. Uh, but ultimately, that, that, that doesn't always happen. So I'll give you an example of why you might get a refund. Let's say you made, uh, just for the purposes of, of nice round numbers, you earn $50,000, you work for an employer, so you get a T4 slip that says you earn $50,000 gross. Mm-hmm. And uh, But let's also say that you had $10,000 in deductions. 
So your employer might have been paying, pulling money out of your paycheck based on what they paid you for the year, which is 50000 But if you have those deductions, a tax deduction actually reduces the amount of taxable income you have. So if you had $10,000 in deductions, when you file your tax return, you say, hey, I've got these deductions. And that then reduces your total taxable income to $40,000. And that would be what you would call your net income. So gross is the total amount. Net is minus all the deductions. Well, that now means since you've paid tax based on a higher income, you're going to get a refund. Now, that's a very simple explanation. There are other things. I mean, there are also tax credits in addition to tax deductions. And then there's there's a whole other... <laughs> this is, like I said, we're starting at the beginning, but okay. that is the, the basic reason why you might receive a refund. You might end up having to owe taxes if, let's start again with the $50,000 salary, but let's say you've got a side hustle or you earn some extra money on the side or with a, a, a um, uh, your own business or, uh, or another job. Let's say you had another part-time job and you earned some extra money, but not enough tax was pay- taken off those paychecks. So now let, you might've earned more money. You might've earned $60,000, but not em- enough tax was taken off. So over the course of the year, you didn't pay enough tax. That would be why you have to owe tax is that simply you just, you hadn't reconciled, you hadn't paid enough tax or not, not enough tax had been pulled off your paychecks uh, in order to, for the satisfy your gross income. Right. And when it comes to refunds, should we expect any sort of delay because of COVID going off of that? Like how long do you usually wait for your refund to come to you? Because, you know, after Christmas and just getting through the new year and everything, I feel like there's not a lot of people out there who are, you know, okay with receiving their tax refunds super late, let's say. So should we expect any delays and how long does it usually take to receive a refund? If you've planned your taxes properly, you're you're not going to get a refund. You're also not going to have to owe taxes. But I know we all want to make sure that we get our refund as soon as possible. According to the CRA website, Their goal is to send you your tax refund within two weeks of you filing, if you file online, and within eight weeks if you mail in your return. So right there is an incentive to file electronically. Mm -hmm. But they also have a little caveat on their site saying that there, in some cases, some tax returns could be delayed because of the pandemic and also because of some of these tax measures that they introduced that may have confused people's tax returns overall. So, uh, you know, the goal is within two weeks. And if your return is fairly simplistic, you can expect to have your refund within two weeks of filing. Fortunately, we have some tax credits available to us too, which can definitely help reduce our overall bill if we have one. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the most common tax credits that there are and how those work? So like I said earlier, a a tax deduction reduces the amount of taxable income you have. By contrast, a tax credit will reduce the amount of tax you need to pay on your taxable income. And in some cases, that can result in in a refund. Tax credits are uh, incentives that are offered by both the provincial and the federal governments. And there are two kinds of tax credits. One is called a refundable tax credit, and one's a non-refundable tax credit. A non-refundable tax credit will reduce the amount of tax that you owe, but will not result in a refund. Mm 
And a refundable tax credit uh, will not only reduce the amount of tax that you owe, but could also result in a refund if that moves into negative territory. So between tax credits and tax deductions, we're being given a lot of uh, opportunities to uh, really, to again, to get ahead financially. And these are some of the things that were offered during the t- pandemic in particular, but there are lots of tax credits that existed before and continue to exist after the pandemic. Uh, and I will just say at NerdWallet, we have an excellent resource about the tax credits in Canada. And we regularly update our content as well to make sure it is close to uh, up-to-date as possible because, and, and we list a number of the major tax credits that might be applicable to uh, people who are listening today. Now, what should low and modest income Canadians know about the GST and HST credit? Because I feel like that one, especially if you're a freelancer, it can kind of get confusing as to maybe what to include on your return as well. Well, the good news here is actually this is uh, you're automatically considered for the GST HST tax credit. Uh, so anybody who it's basically intended to help people who have low or moderate incomes offset the GST and HST taxes that they're paying in the general course of their lives. So when you go shopping and you buy certain things, you're paying tax. So the idea is when you file your taxes and it's discovered that you are at whatever income thresholds uh, that have been set for that year, you will get a quarterly payment where it's considered a repayment of GST and HST. Now, of course, the government doesn't know exactly how much you spent on taxable groceries or what what the case may be. So it is an estimate that is based on your income. It's automatically applied when you file your taxes. You don't have to file any additional paperwork to get this. Uh, And I would certainly say if you're not already registered for automatic deposits with your bank account, uh, then I would suggest doing that because then it's, it's easy. They just will literally quarterly automatically put money in your bank account as part of your GST HST credit. Otherwise they're going to send it to you in a check in the mail. And that takes a little bit longer. I want to just rewind just for a moment back to what you mentioned about provincial and federal taxes, because most of us know that just like there are federal tax credits available, there are provincial as well, like you mentioned, but how exactly do those work together? The good news is you can apply for both federal and provincial tax credits on your annual tax return with CRA. So you don't have any additional returns that you need to file or you know addition you don't have to file anything with the province specifically. You just it all goes to CRA and they figure it all out. <laughs> um, but certainly the interrelation of federal and provincial taxes and all the credits available by province and by territory, it's pretty confusing. Uh, And certainly I feel like, I mean, there was no possible way that I would be able to list all the provincial credits available because, of course, they vary by province. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some definitely some major federal tax credits like the home buyer's amount and the basic credit amount. There's also some uh, child care credits that are offered both provincially and federally. What I would suggest if you really want to empower yourself and learn more about that, this, there is a great resource on the CRA website that helps you figure out which tax credits and deductions might apply to you, including both provincial and federal. Speaking of that resource, I know that not only the CRA, but NerdWallet, you both have some pretty extensive lists and articles on what exactly is available in terms of tax credits. 
that are related to COVID. So let's say like the work from home tax credit, like, can you go into a little bit more detail about exactly what we might be able to take advantage of thanks to the pandemic? (laughs) Sure, absolutely. Uh, And you mentioned the work from home tax credit. That's probably the most recognized tax credit that was made available because of the pandemic. Because of course, the pandemic with lockdowns required so many people to work from home. This tax credit was Uh, developed in order to reimburse employees for their home office expenses. Now, it's a bit of a misnomer because despite calling this a tax credit, it's actually a tax deduction. Uh, And there are two different ways to calculate the work from home tax credit, and there's various criteria for each of them. The really simple one is a flat rate of $2 for each day that you worked from home up to a maximum of $500. Uh, It is important to note that this tax credit is only for employees who are required to work from home. Uh, So if you are self-employed or you're a freelancer, there's a whole other kettle of fish that you would be working with called business use of home deductions and credits. So that's a whole separate thing. So this $2 a day for every day that you worked at home was for people who were forced to work at home uh, by their, um, you know, by the circumstances. There is another method of calculating the work from home tax credit, and it can often result in a higher refund, uh, but it is uh, considerably more detailed and complicated. And what it does is it allows you to deduct a portion of your home expenses, like utilities and internet and rent, based on a whole host of specific criteria. Now, in order to use this detailed method of calculating the work from home tax credit, there are additional forms that you and your employer would have signed. And it's worth noting that this deduction method was was actually used prior to the pandemic for employees that worked from home anyway. So this has been a longstanding method. Employers are well aware of the special forms that need to be signed to say, yes, you know, our employees are working from home and they can deduct a certain percentage of their expenses as a work from home tax credit. So that's the work from home tax credit. But there are also other tax credits and incentives that are available that were introduced because of the pandemic. Uh, I'll just list off a few. And and again, I certainly highly recommend checking out the CRA website for like the super up-to-date information about the credits. But some of them include the Canada Recovery Caregiving Benefit. So these are when you had to take care of somebody who might have had COVID. The Canada Recovery Sickness Benefit if you suffered from COVID and lost income because of it, uh, and the Canada Worker Lockdown Benefit if your income was affected because of the lockdowns. That definitely cleared a lot up for me too about the differentiation between being required to work from home and just working from home. I mean, there are probably things that I didn't know about last year that maybe I should have included. Like, I think there was in that whole process of just trying to figure things out with the pandemic, there was a lot that was unclear in terms of maybe what you could have used to your advantage. If you realize that there's a few things that you could have claimed on your 2020 taxes that you now know about, you do have the ability to file what's called an adjustment. So you can actually file an adjustment to your tax return that you already filed saying, hey, by the way, uh, you know, I forgot to tell you (laughs) this changed with my income or I should have been able to, you know, go for this credit or or whatnot. Um, And if you think that that's going to result in a refund, sometimes that's worth your while. 
generally speaking, I suggest if you're into that situation where you're not sure whether or not it's worth filing an adjustment to your tax return or you know whether you missed things that you could have filed, uh, just check out with a tax preparer uh, or an accountant who will be able to advise you accordingly because they'll be able to do some pretty quick calculations to tell you whether it's re- worth your while to file that adjustment. I'm glad you covered that because that was actually going to be my next question, <laughs> but just going off of that really quickly, is there anything that happens if you're late with your tax return or late on paying your bill? Yeah, don't be late. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So here's the deal. If you're an employee, the filing deadline is April 30th. Now, that also means if you owe any taxes, you're going to have to have paid those taxes by April 30th as well. Now, this year, April 30th is a Saturday, so they actually the actual filing and tax payment deadline is May 2nd. Uh, but I generally say don't wait till the last minute. <laughs> um, but the reality is when you prepare your taxes, by the end of the tax preparation, you're going to know uh, whether or not you owe taxes or uh, will be getting a refund. So uh, as soon as you finish preparing your taxes, pay that amount and you can do so through your bank account. It's quite easy. Now, if you're self-employed, the filing deadline is June 15th, but here's the rub. You still have to have paid your taxes in full by April 30th. (laughs) So really, you have to have basically done your taxes by April 30th anyway. You just have a little bit longer to file your return. Now, generally speaking, if you've been self-employed for a few years, you may well have been paying taxes in installments throughout the year. So again, like most people, ideally, you won't owe any taxes when you file. But here's the deal. If you do owe taxes and you filed your tax return late, you're going to get dinged in two different ways. Uh, First of all, you're going to get charged a 5% late filing penalty. uh, And that's that's 5% of the balance of tax that you owe. And you're going to get charged an additional 1% for every month that you're late. So now here's the other thing. If you are getting a refund, There's no penalty for filing late. You can file as late as you want. But remember, this still means you're giving the CRA an interest-free loan on your money. So it's in your best interest if you're getting a refund, of course, to file as soon as possible. Um, But I would like to suggest as well, it's also in your best interest, even if you owe taxes, just rip the Band-Aid off, get it done, get it done in advance of the deadline. So just in case there are some complications like, oh, I don't know, a pandemic that gets in the way, (laughs) you're not going to get stuck behind a whole bunch of paperwork uh, and that may have, uh, you know, caused some processing delays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly the way to do it. If there's anything I've learned, just rip the bandaid off <laughs> and um, get it done. Final couple questions for you here. I know this is one that some listeners might dread hearing the answer to, especially if they're younger and they have several side gigs, side hustles. Maybe they work for tips or they work for cash. Do you still have to pay taxes on something like a side hustle or a cash and tips gig? Well, I'd like to say if you're dreading the answer to this question, it's because you know what the answer is, which is (laughs) yes, you have to claim all of your income regardless of where it was earned or what form it was paid in. So yes, that does include cash and tips. Uh, and that all has to get reported on your annual tax return. And I, I would say, too, that these days, you know, in the gig economy, I mean, most people have a couple of different gigs going. So there's, uh, it, it does become important to keep good records of both your income, 
but as well your deductions. Because if you do have a side hustle, that also means now that you are self-employed for at least part of your income, even if you're a salaried employee, but you've got a side hustle as well, there is self-employment income there. And this opens up opportunities for you to deduct any expenses that you've incurred in the process of earning that income. So this does require some extra record keeping, but it can reduce your tax liability. It may mean you're not ha- you may or may not have to pay tax on that additional income at all, uh, especially too in the initial years of starting a new business, your income might not be as much as your expenses. So you might actually find in the first few years, it's really worth your while to keep some pretty detailed records of all your income sources, as well as all the possible deductions. And sorry for anyone out there who's a little bit disappointed <laughs> by that answer. But like you said, the moment you start earning, the moment you're going to have to start paying. So exactly. <laughs> last but not least, are there any resources that you recommend Canadians take advantage of to make their life easier around tax time, like online applications or companies that will maybe prepare your taxes for you? Are there any resources that you recommend in particular? Well, of course, I would be amiss not to mention NerdWallet. (laughs) Start with nerdwallet.ca and see where it goes. Because not only will we provide a lot of basic information uh, about what you need to know about anything, there's a great search box, search for anything that you're looking for. You'll get a list of articles that are written about that. And we also provide links to uh, resources that will help you in continuing on your journey. We've this ever-increasing database of articles that are on personal finance matters from very basic to pretty complicated. And like I said before, we we write very accessibly so everybody can understand and empower themselves. Um, Beyond that, when it comes to taxes, generally speaking, I say go to the source. If you have other specific questions, and we often link out to to the CRA website because it is your friend in this process. Uh, So, But definitely, as far as I'm concerned, start with NerdWallet. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. There's tons of really accessible information, like you said, very tangible advice. So yes, please go check out (laughs) nerdwallet.ca. And thank you so much for imparting all your knowledge today, Nora. I'd love to have you on every tax season. I think it's just a nice refresher. I think this was a really informative episode. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anastasia. This has been a lot of fun. If you took something meaningful away from this episode, please consider smashing that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you listen through, and maybe even check out the ratings and review section too. If anything, send word down the grapevine. I really do appreciate it. And as always, please see the show notes for more details on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. This is Shmoney Radio. Is this thing on?